0: Many of us are just starting out, buying a home, having babies, and building wealth. Be sure to add securing your family's future to your to-do list by establishing a will or trust at trustandwill.com. At trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan is simple, convenient, and secure. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, determine who gets your stuff, and plan for future medical care from the comfort of your home. Hiring a traditional estate attorney can cost thousands, and using a one size fit all template is not nearly specialized enough. Trust and Will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. And with their live customer service support seven days a week, TrustandWill.com's team is available to answer any questions you have while setting up your plan. Trust and Will has a quiz that you can take to see what fits your personal needs. And they are the most trusted name in the online estate planning category. They're a leader on Trustpilot, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of people protect. Their families, assets, and legacy. Gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Don't wait, go right now. This is really important. Get 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl. Again, that's trustandwill.com/slash/haygirl. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living.
1: Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures, it's not about clothing, it's not about trips.
0: Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today I'm sitting down with calligraphy artist Josephina Sanders. She has a very powerful story. She's a teacher, a wife, a creative freelancer, and everything else in between. She takes us on her journey from adolescence to the woman she is today. I hope you enjoy a bit of her journey. This is Josephina's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> Josephina, thank you for being on the show with me. I'm so happy to have you.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: We have been talking all day, all week working on these projects that we're working on, but it's really nice to have you on the show to talk about your story instead of work stuff. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's just jump right in. Can you please tell the Hey Girl listeners a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Okay, so my name is Josefina and I do a lot of things. So I like to say that I'm a creative freelancer, and I specialize in calligraphy, all kinds of different kinds of art. I like to write. And I'm also a wife to a college pastor.
0: Awesome. Wonderful. I like that term creative freelancer. That's pretty awesome. I might have to I might have to swipe that from you. That's really great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure how I stumbled across you, but it was some months ago and since then we have started building sisterhood and community together and we've worked together and you are just so sweet kind and talented and i really wanted to get you on the show to not only talk about your journey as a calligraphy artist but also as a wife and an entrepreneur with that being said can you give us some background on how you started calligraphy as a business
1: I have been doing calligraphy for like the past almost five years and uh, the first time I used any kind of calligraphy pens was when my husband and I had gotten engaged. So (laughs) we were determined to have a destination wedding. My parents are originally from Dominican Republic and they live there right now. So I told them like, I need my family there and I want us to get married in Dominican Republic. So because of that, we were definitely balling on a budget. <laughs> and and I just told him, I said, hey, I'll just tackle on the invites and I'll try to figure out everything on my own when it comes to like decorations and stuff. Because um, we really didn't have a whole lot of money, but we knew we wanted to get married. And one of my biggest things was i i don't want to spend a whole lot of money on things that i can do so if i can do it myself then i'm going to do it mm-hmm. so i picked up the invites mm-hmm. and that was the worst thing i could ever do <laughs> but the best thing <laughs> because um i was picking up a new craft, but I was also thinking about the people who were going to receive these invites. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, so needless to say, I did all the wedding invitations by hand and, um, a good thing it was only 50 people. Mm -hmm. But, um, after that I was over it, I was like, (laughs) okay, I am never doing this ever again. This is way too much. But I want to say it was like three months after we got married. um, We were walking through a whole lot of change. There was just so much transition happening in our marriage. So we were, he was changing jobs. We were leaving like where we live. I'm moving in with this man. And it's just a whole lot of change that can be super overwhelming. And with me, change can be, a tad too much overwhelming to the point that it leads me to depression. Mm -hmm. So during that stage, which most people would be like, Oh, you're newly married and it should be all great. It was hard for me. Mm -hmm. It was really hard and I was depressed and I Picked up journaling and I started journaling and after I journaled, I added lettering to it. And from then on, it just became my creative outlet. Like, I just found so much healing through lettering. And it was like, I finally have something to put my emotions on. And it was like, although I felt so messy inside, Mm. I was creating something beautiful with letters. So even though the letters or the things I would write were raw and were hard, it there was still beauty in that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I love that. I I love that you took your calligraphy and turned your pain into art. When I first discovered you on social media, that's what really drew me to you was how you were able to tell your story in a way that wasn't coded in shame, but coded in truth and beauty behind the madness. So I want to step into using your hands and how that helped you during this transition of, you know, being a newlywed, your husband's job transitioning, you guys moving in with each other. Um, how was using your hands beneficial aside from, you know, taking to your journal, what newness did you find about yourself as you were walking through not only your depression, but picking up this new art form of expression? Mm
1: -hmm. I don't even remember her name, but there was this girl who, um, she was diagnosed with cancer and, one of the things that she would always say, like while walking through cancer was I want to punch fear in the face. Mm -hmm. And literally, it was like, with depression, you just realize how much things you can't control, especially your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And with, with all that I was walking through, it was so overwhelming. And a lot of times, like I just fell into this place where I was just really crippled and I, and I felt myself like not even being able to get up, not being able to move or do anything. And I'm like, but your hands can be used for so much more. And like, although I was walking through a hard season in my life, I discovered that, yeah, I can't control my circumstances, but I can't control the way that I react to them. So I can create with that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just a discovery of, you know what, like life is hard. And a lot of times transitioning and a whole lot of things with marriage can be tough, but you can, you can find beauty in that by just using your hands. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just like, it's so crazy because even within that, like I found myself discovering different ways to create. So like there was one time, maybe just a couple months ago that I was super stressed out and I was just walking through just a tough season. And I had acrylic paint in front of me. I had an empty canvas and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to paint. I'm Mm -hmm. just, I don't even care. Like I'm just going to paint whatever I feel. And it's crazy because from that, I started abstract painting and Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Like I love doing it. So I feel like within the entire thing, it's just trying to make magic out of that. And I just realized that with my hands, I can create so much. So I'm not sure if that answered the question. I feel like I'm rambling.
0: No, that but. that did answer the question because it's never linear, right? It's always these ebbs and flows, this up and down. It's like, you know, a graph. And we never really figure out how to reach our peak without having these downfalls. You know what I mean? And that's just the journey ahead. And I really appreciate you sharing that using your hands was able to help you create some some sort of peace, but also helped you tap into um, healing as a creative outlet. So I want to circle back really quickly. You mentioned that your parents are Dominican and you shared with me you are first generation Dominican American. Is that how I would say that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing and your parents thoughts on this creative career that you have going on?
1: Oh, that's a different
0: story, girl. Well, we're going to dive into it all because I want to know how that is.
1: So I was brought up in a very traditional Dominican home. I mean, I was born in New York, but I was raised in Dominican Republic until I was like seven. Mm -hmm. And my mom's My mom's whole, like, motive to that was I want you guys to know your roots. I want you to speak Spanish. I want you to know where you're from. But then I want you to live a better life when it comes to education. So I want to bring you guys to America. And, like, that was her whole reason why she wanted us to be born Americans. Mm -hmm. And within that, like, even since I was small, I was always into art and I am one of four sisters. So because of that, we couldn't afford for me to go to art school. It was just, you know, we're going to go and we're going to figure out what we want you to do like while you're there. But my dad always dreamed about one of us becoming a doctor. For me, it was more like a teacher because I always loved like the education world and teaching people. And, you know, I. With me, it was more on the ESL side. So teaching students who speak Spanish, English, like Mm -hmm. I, I love that. So I was so determined to do that. And I kind of put art on the side because it was not something that was looked upon doing full time. Mm. So... I want to say when I first started this journey, my only support (laughs) was Jay. (laughs) And he was just like, you know what? Give your dreams a chance to fail. Like, go ahead and do it if that's what you want to do. So as I took the leap, my dad was very disappointed. And at first I was just like, you don't even understand. Like, this is something I'm passionate about. Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I get to incorporate education on it but with him it was more like he was brought up in a very like poor home and he had to drop out of school in 3rd grade because they oh, couldn't goodness. afford to go to school or to like they couldn't afford food in their home so he was a shoe cleaner and um he like made it his it was his goal to make his family successful. So like whether that meant um, getting into the hood and Mm -hmm. selling dope, that was his way of trying to figure out how to build his own empire. And Mm -hmm. um, he didn't do that for long because that was definitely not the life for him, but it was, It was hard as a family to like just watch my dad kind of live that lifestyle, but also tell us like, you know, you can't do art. You can't do this. You have to do this you have to go this specific route. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my mom has always been my encourager. Like she was all for it. She said, you know what, like, if this is what you want to do, you do it. And I think with her, it was more like we couldn't afford to pay for you to go to school, like to an art school. So I would rather have you do like what it is that you're passionate about doing. Um, so it was really hard I had my dad tell me last year for the first time ever, Alex, for the first time ever that he's proud of me. And. Wow. Oh oh gosh. It was. It was the sweetest thing to hear my dad say that. Cause I feel like this entire time he's been like, what are you doing? Like you're wasting your, your time trying to, do something that's not going to bring you money and that's not success. Mm. But I felt myself so free when I did that. So like hearing him finally get to a place where he's like, I respect what you're doing and I'm so proud of you was so, it was so good for me to hear that. And the funny thing is that like, he's an entrepreneur and he doesn't see that. Mm. Like, Mm. He he's in Dominican Republic and he owns several homes and like what he does is that he fixes them up and rents them out. And he also like owns a little shop and he sells stuff there. And I'm like, Daddy, you do the same thing I do. We just have different routes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he you know, but I think now um that he sees like One, he sees my passion for it. And I think it's also because he sees that it's paying off. Right? (laughs) He's like, okay, like, okay, I can get behind this. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But do you think that that has a lot to do with, you know, him and your mom being Dominican and wanting this specific, maybe even American dream for their children? Whenever I talk to my friends who have immigrant parents, or parents who are not American, they're always saying, "My mom or my dad wants me to be lawyer, doctor, you know, professor, and I want to do I want to do art, or I want to do X, y, and Z, but they're not behind that. Do you think that that has to do with how they were brought up and their fear that you and your siblings may struggle?
1: Oh, yes. yeah. Oh yeah. Like the biggest thing that they wanted for us that's like the main reason why they had us in america my Mm -hmm. dad is an immigrant so he can't come to america Mm. and um my mom like she moved here when i was seven years old by herself and we lived in one bedroom in a three-bedroom apartment it was me my mom and my three sisters and she just had to figure out how to make it work but the main reason why they did all of this was because they wanted us to have a better education And to eventually help the family out, because with like Dominican culture, like that's the thing. So like once you are of age and you go to America, you like create a successful life, then it's time for you to help out the family. So for them, there was more of that assumption that we were all going to be successful and We would be able to provide for them and Mm -hmm. just live successfully, whether that's being a doctor here in America or a teacher of some sort. It was more like they had their more specifically my dad, because he struggled more than my mom when it comes to like finances and such. So with him, he was just like, I want my girls to live their best life. Right. Right. I want them to be successful. So it wasn't even more like it wasn't a greed motive. It was more of I don't want you guys to struggle the way I struggled. Right. And I don't want you to do the things I did when I was small. So like even till this day, I know that that's his I know that that's what he wants for us. Because like whenever we go to Dominican Republic and we see a little kid that's a shoe shiner and he, he's cleaning shoes, he always stops. He always gives the money and he always tells us, like, this is what I used to do when I was that age. I used to do the same thing. Wow. So it's crazy because the older I get now, I'm just like, you know what? Like, my dad and I didn't have a super close relationship. Um, it would I would say that me and my mom were super close. Um, but the more I see what he was trying, the legacy he was trying to build, I've been more motivated to do more mm-hmm. and to leave a legacy um that would make him proud uh just because I feel like now that like the more I understand it and the way that you see everything that's happening in the world it's like my mom and my dad they chose to have me in America for a specific reason right and And they sacrificed so much for us. So having a long distance marriage for years because they wanted their kids to have a better education. So for me now in like this stage that I am in, I'm just like, you know what? There has been a lot of stuff that my dad and I have like walked through, Mm -hmm. but I want to, I want to make him proud. Like at the end of the day, I choose this life. I choose this creative life, but I know that I can make him proud with this life. Mm.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. Only 8% of new year's resolutions survive the whole year. Those are long odds for a lot of important goals like say eating healthier. This year, you deserve a little help in the healthy eating resolution department. That's why there's Kenko. Kenko makes seriously nutritious smoothies for seriously busy people. Expensive store-bought smoothies are sugar-packed calorie bombs and fresh-pressed juices have way less fiber. Kenko's breakfast smoothies are only made from organic whole fruits and vegetables flash frozen and slow dried to lock in all the fiber and nutrients. Nothing added and no fiber taken out. Kenko smoothies are easy to make. No blender or juicer or kitchen needed. Pour the Kenko packet into your water or your favorite milk. Shake it up and take on the day. Go to Kenco.com, take their quick nutrition quiz, and fill your flexible monthly order with your choice of 15 functional flavors that match your goals and taste. Each Kenco smoothie costs less than three bucks and packs half the daily fruits and vegetables you need to reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and some cancers. I can't even pick my favorite flavor. I love them all. Everything is delicious and I would definitely recommend you giving it a try. Not only that, this is the easiest smoothie I've ever made in my life. So dive in with me. Start creating healthy habits right now. Go to kenco.com slash heygirl. Pick out your favorite flexible monthly plan and the first 100 listeners will get 25% off your first order. That's kenco.com slash heygirl and get 25% 25% off but only if you're one of the first 100. You love this show and I love you so get this special deal of 25% off for the first 100 listeners at k-e-n-c-k-o dot com slash heygirl. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love Fun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas, FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college maybe or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package my last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue and it's shaped like the flower and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box is has a total retail value between 269 to 467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it such as the Sutra professional mini travel blow dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus towel, or the West Elm Indigo tie-dye bowls. Many of the products individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one, or you can be surprised It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11 year old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about being young, Christian, and married. You and Jay are so cute. <laughs> and um, you shared with me not long ago the transition from one church to this new place. And I want you to talk about that, how it's been, you know, being a young, married, Christian couple, and then also following... Your husband's footsteps and supporting him and his journey as you're on this creative career. How are you leaning into your husband and supporting his work? Because you, you totally do from what you've shared with me. And I want you to kind of dive into that a little bit.
1: Oh, man. Let me just say that marriage is hard regardless. Right. (laughs)
0: Regardless.
1: (laughs) And I never in my life, I mean, never in my dreams thought that for one, I would ever get married. Same. Um, (laughs) And now we're here and we're married. (laughs) Exactly. And for two, that I would be married to a pastor. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I mean, I was just, I, I'm, I would say I started, um, following Jesus when I was a senior in high school and it was after just a very traumatic, um, experience. I, invested my trust in a friend and that friend took advantage of me in a sexual way. So like during that time, I just really lost who I was and Mm -hmm. I really just started finding my identity and, and other things. So whether that was smoking or just, going out and being promiscuous and partying like that was my life, my senior year, because I wanted to erase the things that happened to me. Mm. And um, I went to like this snow camp and that's where I was introduced to the Christian world. Can you tell us a little bit about snow camp? So snow camp is pretty much a winter retreat that they usually have for people that go to different churches. So we would go to different kind of snow camps during the winter because we lived up north. But even within that, like, I always felt like, I don't know if I want to believe this in God because I've always been ingrained to get right with God and, like, you need to get right with him. And I'm like, well, he's not going to, like love me because I'm out here wiling out and I just don't understand why he would do that. So Mm, mm. pretty much during that season of brokenness, um, when all of that experience happened was when I was introduced to Jesus. And, um, with Jay, like even within that, like I always thought, this is so crazy. This is how messed up When it comes to like just one, my outlook on life and marriage was. But Mm -hmm. I honestly, Alex, I thought, you know what? Like later on in life, I'm going to be a single mom. Like that's probably going to be my life because I will never like submit to no man. I will never have no man tell me what to do. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) But you want to know what's funny? Let me just cut you off real quick. You want to know what's funny? I literally felt the same way and I had plans to be... 33 and go to the sperm bank and have my babies on my own and voila i'd be you know chilling and be a mom and it'd be fine and it's so funny because when i met ryan i wasn't looking for love you know and then it happened and now five years later we are together married we have a newborn Um, And it's wild how the trajectory of life can change when you relinquish control, you know, and when you really just let God work for you or the universe work for you. And journeys are always... Very interesting, especially when you, like, (laughs) let go and just sit back and also do the work, right? You have to do the work to to change. Anyway, I just want to let you know we were on the same exact page. So I feel you.
1: I'm the same way. I know when I like started following you, I was like, oh my goodness, we are soul systems. (laughs) Like I could just feel it. Like I'm like, I know we can connect on like way deeper levels. And this just says it. (laughs) Like, who the heck says that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think that like goes along with just how distorted our views could have been, like, in within that age. Mm -hmm. So anyway, with Jay, like he was just very different. Um, I, in my past, I did not date good guys. Like mm-hmm. these guys didn't care about me, mm. but I wanted to like, just love them, like down to like whatever kind of candy they liked. And if I wanted to surprise them at work and just show them like a little, <laughs> a little bit of love, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I brought you this, you know, like, I just wanted to love so hard mm. Because I wanted that love back, but I never received it Mm. until like later on. And it was crazy because with Jay, it was, it was just so different. Just the way that he loved me and the way that he respected me. One of the things that we did was we waited to kiss until our wedding day. Wow. And, um, it was so crazy for me because I'm like, I had experience in the past. Right. (laughs) wait and like I I don't know if I can wait to kiss you I don't know if I
0: want to wait to kiss you how about that
1: (laughs) but Jay was like you know what like I I want to respect you so even with Mm. I love you he didn't he didn't tell me that he loved me until he proposed and he told me that before he was like I don't want to tell you that I love you until I can show you that. And I want to show you that with a ring. Wow. And I don't want to kiss you. And it's not because I'm not attracted to you. It's because I respect you enough to not take advantage of your body now. I want to wait. Mm-hmm. I want to wait for us to just have a good time together after we get married. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, it was so crazy, Alex, because I wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were half the times I'm like, maybe I could just like, Sneak a kiss,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) Just accidentally run into his face or something. Like, oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I mean, love in such a different way. Yeah, and um, I, I respect that, and I loved that about him because it showed me, it really showed me that I can still respect myself regardless of what my life was like before. Mm and really that was like the biggest thing that I learned from him and when it comes to like just being a young Christian couple it's hard and and it's hard being a young Christian couple of color right um because when it even comes to that like the church that we're at is predominantly white and um It's way bigger than the church that we were working at before. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest thing with us is we both are so connected to diversity and we love the next generation and we want to infuse hope to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So we don't ever want to be looked at. I feel like there's this look to some specific Christians where it's like, okay, well, they don't agree with like homosexuality and they don't agree with this. So the way that they treat you is like trash, but we're like, you know what, like we welcome you and we love you. And we would love to hang out with you because at the end of the day, like we are called to love people. We are called to love people. It doesn't say don't love this specific person and la da 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 da. Like, This is who we are. And the thing with Jay and I is that we're misfits. Like we honestly, everywhere that we've gone, like worked at when it comes to like just ministry and church wise, we've never fit in. Mm. And for a time, I really thought that was a problem. I'm like, is it us? Like, (laughs) (laughs) This is weird, Jay. Like we, our stories are so different. The way that we were brought up is so different. And like culturally, sometimes we are very different. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because it's like, okay, we feel like we're alone, but I was so encouraged by him because he was just like, Fina, we are misfits and it's okay to be that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay for you to be different Mm -hmm. and to love God. Like we weren't called to be just like everybody else. So at the new church that we're at, there is, I think it's over 30,000 people and we serve um, the college students and there's over... I want to say it's like 150, 200. So we meet with them every Tuesday and Alex, it has been so good. Like for one, um I have never seen Jay so excited for the future mm. and he's able to dream big like he is like you know what I want to fill up this room I want to love on these people I want to bring diversity to this church mm. I want to show them how beautiful diversity is I want to talk about the hard topics like um, injustice and social justice. And I want to be able to educate these people on this and also empower them to go out there and make a difference. Mm. And for us, like, that's what we feel like our calling is to empower, to encourage, enlighten people because they, I feel like when it comes to places like that, they don't know about that or it's not talked about. It's kept on the hush or you talk about it with somebody else who might just agree with you, but it's like, you know what? You need to be educated on, on it because clearly there's, there's good ignorance and there's also the bad ignorance and there's the ignorance where people really don't know. Yeah. And it's like, you need to be educated on this because you are white and privileged and you need to know that that's what you are. But I'm not saying that to you to feel some kind of way. Like I want you to notice who you are and then, okay, now that you recognize that, let's go out there and make a difference.
0: Mm, yeah. Exactly. And that's so wonderful that you and Jay are the face, the faces for the young people at the church, because that's what it takes intersectionality to make change, whether it's on the faith front or just out in the world living your day to day life. And I think that's extremely powerful that two young people of color are the face of not necessarily the face of Christianity, right? Because no one has is the face of Christianity, but you guys are offering, you guys are offering a different perspective and a different view when it comes to faith and how it impacts your life. And that is extremely powerful. What you guys are leaving behind every Tuesday is changing the next generation. And that is what is so, so important is setting that change into motion. And I want to know, when you started trusting your work and your journey enough to teach, because not only do you teach in the church alongside your husband, you teach Zumba, you teach calligraphy, you are literally a teacher. And when did you start trusting your work and your journey enough to step into that?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, That's so crazy because I just realized I went to this lettering workshop. And it was actually at the church that we're at now. It mm. was this girl, her name is Jordan Lee. And she's like pretty well known with like the Instagram world for just being a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. And she was teaching a lettering workshop. And while she was there and it wasn't, it wasn't like a prideful way, but I was looking at her do like while she was doing what she was doing. And I was like, I can do this. hmm. I know I can do this, and this was like in a November, and I told Jay about it. I was like, this girl was out there, she was teaching. I literally know everything that she's doing, and I can do that, Jay. Like I, I know I can do that. So he was like, why don't you do it then? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I would have to find a place, la da da. I had all these excuses because I was just like, I knew I could do it, but I'm like, ooh but that means I can do it. So mm. that means I should do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, do I really want to do it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And the thing is like, I'm naturally an introvert. So I'm like, mm, I don't really like all that public speaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I save that for Jay. I'm like, you can go ahead and do that, babe. <laughs> like I will. I will talk to the people that are like on the side in the corner, just hanging out. It's like one or two of them just talking. I can do that. Uh, But then I think it was like, it was him telling me to just do it and pushing me to do it and asking me about it and keeping me accountable of it. And it took me a couple months. My first class was in June and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do it. So we went and we looked for the place. We booked it. And I said, I'm going to teach this class. And it was crazy because it was sold out. Wow. I was so nervous. I mean, I was just like, (laughs) I was about to pee myself because I was so scared. (laughs) And now you're teaching what? Every month? Yes. I teach every month, twice a month. um, And sometimes I travel and teach And I also speak, which is so crazy. I mean, like, it's so crazy. But I feel like as you continue, like, to discover yourself, all those fears and all those barriers that keep you from being the best you break, it's like, it's like, it's so crazy. It's like the more you find yourself and the more you find what your calling is, everything that you used to be afraid of, or that used to intimidate you in some way, shape or form, it's like, I don't even care anymore. Mm -hmm. So even with Zumba, like I said, I'm an introvert. So like, usually with Zumba instructors, they're super crazy loud doing their thing. But I'm like, I honestly don't say a word in class. I just tell them what to do when it comes to the, I just show them how to move and I smile and it's great. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's what we do. And I love it. Um, but it's, it's more of the more I realized how in love I was with my craft, the more it made room for me to step out of my comfort zone and just do what it is that I want to do whether that meant teaching or speaking or leading out classes that is I love that
0: I really love, I have like all these quotables that I've been writing down cuz you are dropping <laughs> a lot of gems and you you're really I really admire the fact that you have stepped into your light and you continue to do that because that's the only way that we can continue to grow and expand and find our calling in life because I feel like a lot of people think, okay, I want to do this. I know I can do this. How do I make it happen? And then they get there and then that's the end of the growth. But the growth never stops. It's ever evolving. And I really think that you've done a great job at, at, continuing your evolution through calligraphy your creative career your teaching and feeling safe enough to trust not only yourself but your students with your talent and your offerings and um, I want to touch on one more thing before we wrap up you and your husband um, I think I think the one thing that connected me and you was that we both experienced a miscarriage around the same time Mm-hmm. And, um, you and your husband have been walking through that healing and trying to conceive again. And I want to talk about how you are leaning into that really uncomfortable truth and how you are preparing for your rainbow baby in the future.
1: Man, I, I knew we were going to talk about this and I'm <laughs> like, man, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Cause it's so crazy. But, um, When we miscarried, I honestly, I was just in a place where I was blaming myself. I blamed myself for it. I was just like, I overworked my body. Um, Maybe I didn't feed myself enough. I didn't do all these things that I should have. And I was just in a place where I was like, I I literally just blamed everything on me Mm. from from things, decisions I've made in my past. I was like, oh, maybe it was because I did all this stuff in high school that I'm paying the repercussions now. Like it was, it was bad, but it was also a season of discovery when it comes to myself and my life. And I feel like it had to take. And I would never wish this on anybody, and I hope that it doesn't happen again, but I don't I don't know what my future will hold. Mm. But it really took the loss of my baby, it took the death of a baby for me to realize how I had been killing myself. Mm. I was not taking care of myself. Um, when it comes to just emotionally, physically, um, mentally with everything. I was not taking care of myself. I was just living my life just day by day and doing what I could to get by. I was working a nine to five during that time and I was just doing what I had to do. And, um, I feel like that's when I really started to realize I don't, I am not in a place where I fully love myself or Mm. I'm comfortable with myself or I'm taking care of myself. Mm. And it's so crazy, Alex, because I ran into um, your podcast during that season, and I was just like, self-care. That's what I'm not doing. Mm. I'm not taking care of myself. So, like, I took a whole month off after our miscarriage. It happened on February 23rd. I waited until April 20th, um, till March 23rd, and I said, I'm not doing anything. So I quit my job, which I don't, I don't really recommend <laughs> if you don't have the support. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have to talk to Jay about that first. Like, right. Hey, babe. right.
0: Like this I, is what I need. <laughs>
1: exactly. The atmosphere was really hard though. I was working at a recovery clinic with like recovering drug addicts and opiate abusers. So it, had a whole lot of emotional baggage. So I would take a lot of that baggage home with me sometimes. And that was just a lot of the things that I had to deal with. So I quit my job for my own emotional peace of mind. I needed that. And I took that entire month off and it was hard. I mean, from getting up and like, Seeing how big the world is and seeing how quickly the world moves mm-hmm. while you're in mourning is the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so from then on, like till now, I've just been slowly getting myself back up. And I'll be honest, like there's a lot of times where it's hard. There's a lot of times I'll tell you, like this week, I was just like, you know what? if it doesn't happen i just need to be okay with it and it's hard when you desire something so bad and you see it all around you mm-hmm. and it's not there like it hasn't happened for you yet yet you still hope yeah. that it's still like that it's coming yeah. and like i feel it to like my toes that like i know that we'll have a baby i don't know when and it's hard waiting it's hard trusting and just It's hard when that desire is so big and it's not here yet and being patient and waiting on it. But what I'm learning right now is how to be content with what I have. So though I find myself sometimes dissatisfied with not being a mom yet, well, I can be grateful because I have a husband who loves me. I have a dog that is crazy and keeps me busy. I have (laughs) Like I'm doing what I love to do. And although my baby is not in my arms, like my, this, this child that is in heaven has motivated me to be my best self and live my best life. And it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. It's hard getting to know your body all over again, Mm -hmm. even after like miscarrying and like all the things that change within that it's, it's hard looking at like the months coming up and thinking, oh, my baby could have been this month old or this could have been what my life looked like. So I want to say I don't have it all together when it comes to just preparing for our rainbow baby. I'm just learning how to be content mm-hmm. um, because I feel like when I'm in a place of contentment, I am in a place where I'm at peace. Yeah. And when I'm at a place when I'm at peace, I feel like that's when blessings come. And I, I know that for me, especially navigating through like anxiety and depression, it's hard to find contentment a lot of times when it comes to that. So I'm just trying to find peace with myself and peace with the fact that we have miscarried And I don't know what the future holds and I need to be okay with that.
0: Well, just know that I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm standing with you because it took us a long time to get Isla. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I like, Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the best word to describe trying to conceive miscarrying and being on this journey of, fertility. It is hard. It's never easy. Yeah. Um but all we can do is try to find peace in what we have and where we're going, and that ultimately can be the greatest blessing is having peace. Um so when your blessings do start raining down and your rainbow baby does come, you're already in this place of ease and yes. trusting not only your body, but your story and your journey. Um, exactly. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we're going to wrap up here, but I wanted to ask you um, what three things would you tell your high school self? You've come such a long way. Mm. What three things would you tell her?
1: Oh, wow. I would say you are enough with or without somebody next to you Mm. you don't need that because you alone are enough you alone are powerful you you can do what it is that you're dreaming about doing and you are powerful on your own and oh man forgive yourself forgive yourself and move forward Mm. The only way that you can move forward and excel and do what it is that you're dreaming about doing is by forgiving yourself and moving on. Mm, One last thing would be forgive those who have hurt you. Um, Because at the end of the day, those things are gonna keep you shackled up. And in order for you to find that peace and to find that contentment you don't have to necessarily be friends with this person but you just and you don't necessarily have to verbally forgive them but just do it on your own and find that peace and do what you want to do and punch fear in the face
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to end um can you please tell the hey girl listeners where they can find you on social media and how they can connect with you
1: All right. So you can find me on Love Offering. That's all my artwork is there. Or you can go onto loveoffering.co. And you can message me there. I will try to respond to your messages. (laughs) Alex and I have been killing it. So
0: we have been busy. (laughs) We have some good stuff coming. Good stuff, including Josefina coming here um, this summer and hopefully having a calligraphy workshop. So, guys, stay tuned for that. Self-care and calligraphy um, is definitely happening this summer with you. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure I'll talk to you later today, actually. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs)
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of The District Productive. Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own, Kokai.